You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. Well, I want to welcome JP back to Exopolitics Today. He's got some news about a recent mission he did to space arc buried somewhere in the Bermuda Triangle area under the ocean. And this is his uh, third trip there. So so thank you, JP, for coming back to the show. And uh, yeah, fill us in on what, what happened. I do, Dr. Saul. Thank you for the opportunity to bring this information out. And I know a lot of people are eager to hear. Uh, we're living beautiful times with a lot of information coming out. And it's going to be really interesting these next couple of months that are coming up. Right. So why don't you tell us um, how it began again? I mean, I, I know in the past you've been picked up by a hell uh, well, a um, one of those Ospreys. Uh, an Osprey. Thank you. Yes. So why don't you tell us what how did you get picked up and and taken to this arc or to the platform suspended in the Atlantic Ocean over the arc? Okay, we got picked up by an Osprey as well. We went to the DZ area, um, the drop zone that we have, and it was a total of 20 of us. Um, the Osprey was going back and forth, picking us up. I was in a second party that way on the Osprey. There was a storm approaching, so while on the Osprey heading to that location by the Bermuda Triangle in the Atlantic, there was a little bit of turbulence, but once we passed the turbulence, there's a, there's a pulsating field in the Bermuda Triangle that once you pass it, there's like a major magnetic field turbulence with um, instruments and all that. So some of these Ospreys are are done differently in the mechanics when they fly through these um, magnetic field kind of things. And I think that's because of the activation of the arc. Scientists have found that these arcs, they've been activating on and off all these years when things get close to it. I think it's to call the attention to whoever is getting close to the arc. So when something, the arc senses, when anything gets close to it, it could be a boat, it could be uh, aircraft, and it sends uh, an electromagnetic pulse. And whatever instrument that this boat or aircraft has, it, it, it messes it up. And that's what causes most of these crafts or most of these boats to just disappear that's a pretty big one because this arc you're saying is really at the center then of the mystery behind the bermuda triangle where for i guess many decades uh, the planes and ships have disappeared and people have all, always speculated about what that is and some thought it might be due to a giant crystal that was built by the Atlanteans and sank somewhere there off the Bimini mm. Islands. But you're saying it may actually be or that, that it's due to this giant space arc well, that there is activates also, there, someone. There is a, a city that is actually near this arc. I don't know nothing about it, but there is something ancient around these arcs that is like a like a city. But th this this is coming from the arc. We, we figured out that this pulsating magnetic field that gives like this energy that comes out from the ocean, it comes out from the arcs when they activate, when things get close to it. 
So, but but now it is activating completely. Like their activate their activation is is on. Well, because this massive naval ship is there, that's why it's still active. It's sensing this ship that is on top of it. So that's why the activation is still there. And because we're going in and out from these arcs, it's even activating more. And that's when it's activating all the other arcs that we're hearing about and we, we know about that is activating. So it's kind of interesting the way it senses objects around it and to see if the object is smart enough to interact with it. And then there's like certain levels of these arcs to see how advanced each civilization, because it, now they're finding out that, well, we get to that later, but we got on the Osprey, we passed this turbulence and we got on this naval ship. Let me write this down for me not to forget to go back onto it because it's really important for me to get back onto that. Okay. So we got onto the ship and there's a lot of nations on these ships. But from our place where we we're coming from, there's a total of 20 people that were ready to go down. Uh, we get there, we land. Once we land, everybody's information, different nations are there. Can you describe who the 20 people were that, that you went with? Were, were you, was that like there were, military? There were, um, there were archaeologists, people that are doctors in different kind of language and deciphering different kind of languages. A lot of military personnel. I was included. So there was like a total of eight professionals that study about ancient civilizations and languages and all that. So eight, there's eight type of scientists and archaeologists going down. I didn't get the specifics because they really keep a hush hush. You know, we're just there to just, you know, go with them. And if something goes wrong or something goes down, we're there for protection and we're there to guide the people that haven't been there and to debrief the new people that go in to tell them what to expect. They, they go through this training before, somewhere in the United States. They go through this training before going to these arcs because the atmosphere is different, the pressure is different. And when I got there, there was a two TR-3Bs there parked on top. There was two TR-3B in each side of the, the naval ship, the donut naval ship there. And there was one that it was humming. It was ready to take off. And when we got there, we saw that and everybody's like, whoa, holy crap. Holy, whoa, that's an awesome looking type of craft and all that because you can see it. And they're floating, but they do have legs that stick out and all that. But the one that was um, humming, it was already floating on the part of the ship that it was designated to be on. So I, I never seen it in the three times I've been there. This was the third time, and I never seen uh, TR-3Bs up close like that. Not less one time when they picked me up a couple years ago. But this was at night. You can't see as much details when you see it in the daytime. They're, they're kind of interesting looking. Mm -hmm. They had two guards in each and one of them. They were guarding these ships, and nobody can approach. There was like a, a red line, and you had to show a certain ID before approaching these particular ships. Not unless you were part of the crew, you couldn't get in these ships. So it was kind of interesting to see um, one was activated. And then when we got into the elevator, that, that one that was activated just zooped up, went, like, pointed to the moon, and it just went, zoop, and you could hear the sonic boom. 
and it just disappeared, like heading towards the moon. And everybody's like, the jaw dropped from everybody. What the hell was that? That shit was crazy, you know? And the other one was still there. But before heading to the elevator to go down to the ark, we all saw it took off. And holy crap. And and how big was it? I mean, we're talking like the TR-3B described where it's like 600 feet in diameter. We're we talking something um, smaller. It was big. It was big. It looks like a, a similar to a size to a little bit smaller from a, of a C-130. It's a little bit smaller from a C-130. But it, it, it's big. You can possibly fit like probably 11 people in that. So, so your group of 20, both military and scientists, archaeologists, now you go there and you meet other teams? You said there, there was a multinational team. So who were the other yeah, nations involved? We, we do our own research. And they go down and they do their own research. We stopped doing research together because of what happened last time with the, with the Mexican government. That we brought people down there and they stayed down there. And then when we went back the second time, they came back up. It, it was crazy, the situation. So we, we, we are now going only um, United States is going down to that arc. But we share, they do share information and they do have screens that sees everything that's happening. They do have that. We have these cameras that mount like, they're like GoPros, but they're a little bit like smaller. And each person has somebody that has like an intelligence officer that, you know, like, Hey, are you okay? Okay, well, they, they always communicate with you, you know, to see if you're all right. Okay, oh, what is that? And, and like, they talk to you, and they talk to you in your earphones, and they're like, they're like in ears. You, you put them in, and it's like in ears, and they talk to you. Like when they see something interesting, oh, can you look back over there to see what it was there? And then you look back, and you you look at it, and you explain to it what it is. Oh, yeah, that's a, a rock formation. You know that? Oh. Okay, can you put your light on it? Okay, then you put your light on it, and oh, uh, can you move the light left to right? Okay, you move the light left to right uh, because they want to see the texture of uh, of the rock or glass or moldavite that that we're flashing on to see if there's any uh, writings or anything. That sometimes they can take pictures, and it, it's, it's kind of cool what they do. But once we were going down the elevator, doc. There was, it, it was, it's like a tube that goes down. I don't know if I told you that. It's an elevator that is a tube. In this tube, you can clearly feel that it was moving because a storm was approaching the area that we were at. So we had to do this fast. Uh, so we got there. It was different this time because we were hearing something like, like a sound, like a vibration. And it was, it was singing. It was a beautiful feeling. You can hear singing. And then I remember one of the archaeologists says, hey, that's that's from the past. That's not from now. What you're hearing, this was from thousands of years ago. So it's kind of like recorded in, in, into the ark, like these songs. It's like an angelic kind of type of music or or they sound like voices, but it also sounds like instruments in the same time. And you can hear it. And it vibrates your whole body and you feel good and all that. Because I remember me telling you about the portal area of the arc that 
there's also a vibration there that holds that ball of water together. So we went into another room that we haven't been into. Uh, we went to this room and th there's pockets that we go into. And we noticed that every pocket, there was a total of four pockets that we went into. And each pocket that we go into, the door is closed. It, it, the door closes. And then it takes you to another pocket. So we were going 10 to 10 in each pocket, but we stopped in the middle pocket, the third pocket, just to wait for the other party to have all 20 there before we hit to the last pocket. Because in each pocket that we went to, the gravity was leaving. There was no gravity. So once we got to the third pocket of this particular room, you can see stuff start floating and you you can literally jump literally like five feet or six feet in this third room. And it was kind of cool because the gravity was leaving in this room. So once everybody got into the third pocket, we opened the fourth pocket and it took us to a big, big room. No gravity at all. We got like four guys that went all the way up to the ceiling because once we enter that, that room, we like, you know, when you walk and you push yourself off, we did not know the gravity was going to be zero gravity. When I pushed off, there was, there was these handles that you could see that they were made like a glass, like, like glass tubes. I grabbed one of those and then I grabbed the guy that was with me and we started doing a chain and we started bringing everybody down. But the, the, the four guys that went in first, they, they stayed up there and we had to find a way to get them down. And they actually stayed behind because we were there in that room for like 50 minutes. And this room has balls of water the size of cars. And then in these balls of water, there was these kind of fish that I'd never seen before that were glowing. And in each ball of water, there was school of these beautiful fishes that they glow. And their tail is long. Their tail is long. And then their tail and their fins are the ones that give the light. So it, it's really interesting, these animals. I think they've been in this ark and never, never branched out or never, you know, knew about the outside world because they really look different now in the in your second visit to the ark you talked about one of those big balls of liquid or water blue color emitting from it and that there it was a portal to the moon that there were a bunch of soldiers trapped in it so so now you're saying mm. there's a bunch of similar balls of of liquid or water something like that and but there's fish in it fish in there so are these portals or are they some some kind of container or chamber it is water so these fishes they jump to ball to ball it's crazy how the how how they move in the water they swim perfectly so i guess they they jump from ball to ball because they built their momentum in this ball of water and they shoot to the other ball so they shoot to ball to ball and they say, and I think what they eat is like, like a type of algae that is growing in, in the ship. It's like a type of algae that grows and they, they shoot to the wall and then they, they eat and then they, they hit their tail back 
to the wall and they go back to these balls of water. So it was kind of interesting. Everybody was scared to get close to these balls because in low gravity, if you get close to these balls, you can really drown because it's, it's really hard to get out from these balls of water because your, your body has like a little gravitational pull in low gravity. So the water will stay stuck to you. It, it would stay stuck to you. These, 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 like if you enter this ball, you can try to swim out, but it's really hard if you don't have like fins or the type of body style these fishes have. And how big are these balls of liquid floating? They're, there? size, they're sizes of cars, okay. like a minivan. Okay. All right. So, so, so what happens after you have that experience in that fourth pocket? So, so everybody's there and there's writings all over the uh, the walls is made of molybite and the type of glass and we look up in the ceiling and the four guys that got stuck up there they started flashing their lights like this and there's a map like a type of star map that is on the top that looks like the milky way so the archaeologists oh how can we get up there so we we fling them up there and they start taking pictures of these of these maps and all that so when they take these picture of these maps beautiful it's uh it's like a star map and you can see different colors of different where different planets are and man if i had something like to write or draw i can probably draw it to you and send it to you to see if you could share with people but it was amazing it was amazing um i drew a picture of the fish so i'll send it to you later that good, probably you can get somebody to draw it better. But you, you can see the idea of what type of fishes are these. But the, the map on top, it's like a dome. And you can see a map of stars with different numbers looking languages. Like number looking languages. It's like a number. It looks like numbers. You can tell they're numbers because it's like coronations of different places in the Milky Way. So... After that, they called us back and 10, the four soldiers that were up there and six other people, two more soldiers and four archaeologists and language guys, they stayed behind and we had to go back because the storm was approaching. I think they were staying there overnight. I know the four soldiers that stayed behind, they had big backpacks. So we had an idea that they were probably going to stay there overnight, but probably not in that pocket they stayed there a couple more hours we stayed on top uh when we left we went back the same way we went back boom we had to go through the pockets again the third second first pocket gravity was back the pressure was a little bit high because in the arc the pressure is a little bit higher because of all the pressure of the ocean and all that and your ears pop back into place you know you, you can hear it like when you go you get out from zero gravity to regular gravity, your ears pop up to place. And I guess they stayed behind to figure out how this, I, I, the scientists that went up with us, with a, there was another scientist that went up with a, us in an elevator. And he said that that room was a training room for, for ancient type of astronaut people. So they had a training room that they, they activated. And they use that room to train and to grow, to have the same thing that you feel in space, to see if you grow crops, 
to see if any other organism from planet Earth can live in space to see if they can take it up there. But I guess they left it activated. Mm -hmm. And and this room was the size of it, it was the size of a half of football field, 50 yards. It's huge. Did the archaeologists recognize the writing? Any of the writing, did they recognize it? They did. I didn't ask, but uh, you know, you can hear them talk. It's the same writings they have in the moon and the same writings they have in Ukraine. Okay, but you don't know what, what, what it is, what kind of language it is, just but it's very similar that the space arcs on the mm -hmm. moon and Ukraine and there under the Atlantic have similar kinds of hieroglyphic style writing on the on the walls, the Moldavite walls and the algae well, lighting it all up. It's more connected to Ganymede, the moon Ganymede, the writings. Oh, from, I see. From the art that we have here. When you say the, the moon Ganymede, now now when you, you were on the moon, of, of, you were on Ganymede and you talked about going to these different ancient sites, but you never spoke about an arc there on, on Ganymede. Is, is there an arc on Ganymede or is these just ancient ruins up there that you saw? There's, there's ancient ruins, but the language, mm -hmm. they are in these ruins. And that library that I told you about, that they had a, all these, like you can see like a particular, like a library, they mm -hmm. have these writings there. And, and so you you recognize that it was very similar writing hieroglyphs in the ancient ruins on Ganymede with what you saw on the arcs on the moon and in the Atlantic. Yes. Interesting. It's quite interesting. Okay, and and so was the was the kind of mission accomplished? I mean, were were the commanding officers were they happy with what you guys did? They they kind of got mad of people floating away from each other when we first entered the fourth pocket because we needed to stick together because we didn't know what was in that room. Uh, it was probably, uh, we don't know if these fishes were aggressive, you know, but we saw them eating off the wall. So I don't think they were meat eaters. They were, they were not piranha kind of fishes, you know, <laughs> but other yeah. than that, yeah, they were just next time stick together, uh, you know, think ahead and, you know, make sure everything is good with each other. Now, now I, I guess we don't have much more time left. So you, at the beginning, you talked about a city, an ancient city down there. Now, is this something that's around the Ark? Is it connected it, to the Ark? It's like a half a mile away from the Ark. I heard people talking about these, this particular city. It's like an ancient ruin. Maybe that's the ruin that people talk about that has the glass pyramid or I don't know. I know there's an ancient city there and they have sent people over there to check out, check out the city. Remember, the, the Ark is not buried in into the ocean floor. It's it's literally on top of the ocean floor. So it sits on top. But it's been there so long that the sand similar does what the sand does to the Egyptian pyramids. You know, sometimes the sand goes away, sometimes the sand covers it. So, yeah, it, it literally sits on top. And that city, it sits on top of the ocean, but it's also buried with, with ocean sand. Mm -hmm. 
Now, in the past, you've talked about the arcs activating. Is is the arc in in under the Atlantic activating as well, or, and what's it doing? What do you mean? The, the... Is it activating? You you said uh, some of the other arcs were activating, uh, you know, whether they were heating up or whether they began moving. Yeah. They're still they're still heating up. They're still they're still activating. All these arcs are activating in their own unique way. I think each arc had a different purpose on on Earth, so they activate differently. I I think it's to check if we're advanced enough to experience its its whole power of what is the arc. They were talking in the ship, in the naval ship, the on top of there in the briefing. They were saying that these arcs. Past civilizations have visited these arcs, but they never got as far as we got in activating these arcs. Because there have been past civilizations that tried to activate these arcs. And what happened was when they're when they close again, something massive happens. A massive extinction or something happens to the earth. It could be a catastrophe or something like that. So that's why everybody is taking precaution and doing this really carefully because there have been other civilizations that have visited these arcs but never got as far as than us. We don't know why. And we don't know where these civilizations are, but the documents on the walls, the you know, that these things have been activated before the scientists know when when it was i don't know a particular date when was the last activation of these arcs so hmm? do people so, so do the authorities or the officials in charge of the, this project do they still think these arcs are going to start floating and appearing before people they still think that but if something wrong happens I don't know what's going to happen. It's, I guess it's whoever in charge. If if we go straight through and these arts be activate, they will, they will fly up. They will. Mm -hmm. If we activate them the right way. Yeah. The art is basically studying. They're living, they're living. They have to be living. They're living. The way they activate from different room to room, it's like a super advanced AI or organism that knows. It knows. So it's just, I think it, they're, they're, it's like to see if we're ready or not, you know, like to see if we're ready. And it looks like we're ready because we're, we're almost, we're almost like three quarters of the arcs activating. So each room we're figuring out what what these rooms were it's exciting if these art activate completely what are they going to do is it going to save us is it going to destroy us that's what people are thinking in the inner circle they're scared okay if it activates what is going to happen is it going to bring more ships from from up there to come down here or is it going to take people or what's going to happen nobody knows what's going to happen when they're fully activated. So it makes sense, you know, it's it's kind of, it could be mm -hmm. scary. It could be overwhelming uh, to bring this out to the public. 
It could be um, religion changing. This can affect the way people see humanity if they bring this particular subject up. But I kind I kind of understand the precaution of each nation they're taking with these arcs because we don't know what's going to happen when they're and, fully activated or when they stop activating and something happens. Do you know of any plan to officially disclose these arcs to the public? I'm not sure. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I heard that they were going to talk about these arcs to different part of people around the world to see if everybody agrees to bring out the same information at once to not cause massive hysteria or massive craziness <laughs> among people. When this comes out, it has to be serious. You know, it has to be a, a, a massive news or like what happened with Congress. You know, I, I was quite surprised that they never talked about this in um, that UFO briefing because there's a lot of people that 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 go into these arcs they do work for Lockheed or NASA and you know certain militaries around the world so I got kind of surprised that they didn't say nothing about these arcs or they're saving it for another uh, what can I tell you <laughs> you know like I'm just yeah I'm just doing what I'm told doc <laughs> I understand well, I, I don't want to keep you too much. I mean, I, I know you're probably, your lunch break is, is coming to an end. So is there anything you want to say about any upcoming missions? Uh, do you think you'll be going back to the Atlantic arc? Do you think there might be other arc missions and, and the Ukraine arc? Anything you want to say about any of that before finishing? Mm, there's nothing else that I know of that is coming up. When it comes up, it comes up. They just call me and, hey. We're doing this mission. They don't tell me weeks or nothing advanced. Yeah, they just tell me when it comes. So I don't really know what's coming up. I know those those 10 people are still down there in the ARC and they're still doing research. And I'm excited to see what they find out. If we do go back, maybe to get them again. Hopefully, I'll be part of that party to pick them up again. So when did this mission happen? The, the one Friday. that you just completed? Friday. Friday, okay. Okay, great. So that would be May 20. So May 20, you did that, your third mission to the Atlantic Space Arc. And it was um, in between 11 to like 5. Excellent. Everybody got a suntan. Okay, how did you get a suntan um, if you're going down into the arc? We stayed literally an hour and a half in formation on the ship. I see. Checking everybody, they check everybody before going down to the ark or entering the areas of the ships. So you stay in formation in the sun. <laughs> okay. Crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you, JP, for telling us about your your mission and just keeping us uh, up to date with uh, the space arc expeditions and the latest developments. So definitely, we look forward to hearing more as this continues to unfold with their activation awesome doc thank you for the opportunity god bless you and everybody you know whoever's hearing this i i say it again you know if you do have information on this just talk about it you know don't hold it in 